I'm often confronted with the statement, I don't want to get mixed up in politics, or I'm tired of politics, or I'm not interested. Almost as often, someone says, I can't do anything about it anyway. That summarizes my whole view on politics. This movie is fascinating. Yeah. And really good. Really, really good when I hit that from the top. But country music and politics. Yeah, country music, politics, um, and the whole cast of characters uh, makes for a pretty interesting watch. I think this was a movie, before we get started, this was a movie like... We no one here has seen this movie before. You right? picked this movie and you hadn't seen it. <laughs> no, this I is a new watch for all of us. I picked right? it because yes, it is. Um, okay. I picked it because I have the Blu-ray and it has an American flag on it, and the title of it is Nashville. Um, so I figured it, there's a pretty good chance that it is a flyover movie, and it is kind of a well-renowned classic um, within, I guess, the realms of cinema. Yep. So mm-hmm. this okay. it, how how can, how is this movie so cinematic? Because it's simultaneously capturing so much, but it feels so normal. Do you know what I mean? Like part of it's like the the bustle of a campaign and political rally and convention. But then also it, it's like, I don't know, it feels normal, but you can't stop watching it. And you can't stop like looking at every single frame. There's so many people in every yeah. frame. That's what blow, uh, blowed, <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> Someone, I was looking at reviews on Letterboxd and someone compared it to Dazed and Confused in that sense, that it's very just everyday kind of feel to it. It's very, feels Hang normal. Out. It's a hangout movie, kind of. Yeah, it, it kind of is a hangout movie. And at the same time, it's it invite, like you are wanting to know more about these characters and you want to know more about the dynamics of these relationships and and all of that. And so it's it's really fascinating in that sense. Absolutely. I agree. 100% agree. Yeah. Um, I, I got the, the feelings of it too. When I when I had, was watching, I was like, wow, this kind of feels like a Daisy Infused type movie. You got people just hanging out. There's awesome music and there's not really a plot. Um, it's just a bunch of characters and like all their stories um, intertwining together. Mm-hmm. And that makes Nashville. Much, much more harrowing ending. yeah we'll get to that ending it was not what i had expected at all right Um, but there are some other scenes i was like what that you you guys know the scenes i'm talking about yeah Uh, i was Uh like whoa i also also want to right and i i also want to say from the top that i watched this for the first time on sunday okay um bought it because oh, it was okay. very difficult to find. So I own it on Amazon Prime. And we'll definitely, I might even watch it. We're about to go on vacation. I might watch it on the plane. So right I'm going to cut you off right there. I, I feel like this is one ahead. of those good movies to have like in the background, like a good background movie when you're just mm-hmm. like cleaning the house. Mm-hmm. Or because you can you just need some noise. Yeah, yeah. You, you need something on in the background. Yep. Um, I feel like this is great. And plus, it's like almost three hours long. So yeah, yeah. it's a long movie. <laughs> It was when I saw how long it was, I was like, why did Eric pick this? Did not know that it was three hour. hour Last time you ever pick a pick a movie for the poster on the the cover of the without knowing the runtime. Um I was I was gonna say I am going to stumble over the characters' names and the actors' names because I am just very unfamiliar with this movie prior to having watched it 
So I want to apologize to our viewership. You can apologize for me as well because I am not going to, I'm going to butcher so many names today. Okay. So I apologize on behalf of myself and Eric, and we're going to lean heavily on Olivia to remember different (laughs) characters' names. The the only one who matters is Lily Tomlin. She's the only one that matters. Yeah. The incredible. Yep. Um, But so, yeah, so much about this movie was striking and funny and sad and American in the best and worst ways. Mm-hmm. And this is a period piece too, which I really appreciated. Like even the, this is going to sound super nerdy, but like the architecture of the overhang of the airport in Nashville, I was just like, this, this is like out of something out of time, like a gem that he captured on, on screen. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but I mean, that's a good point. It, it definitely had the, the early like 1970s feel to that airport that I hadn't thought about until you just said that. So Yep. Yeah. The costumes. Jeez. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Wild, wild. We'll, we'll dive into it. But first, we got to hear from our sponsor, Hal Philip Walker. Does it make <laughs> sense that the churches should remain untaxed on their vast holdings of land and corporate investments? Does it make sense that a multi million dollar income should go untaxed year after year? What do you guys think? I oh, think- you, were, you were asking us. I thought you were doing a bit for the actual ad read. No, nah, I was just, I was, I was just quoting. Um, how Philip Walker, the uh, candidate for is it president or governor? I think it's it was president, was president. Yeah, for the president. replacement was, party. Yeah, the third party mm-hmm. who was going to swing some votes from the two primary parties. But uh, yeah, yeah very, all of yeah the way that the way that it was edited, where you'd get you would see a bunch of the characters, and then you'd have you know a five minute scene where it's following the van driving around with his mantra on record, just saying things like that. And it kind of makes you think, and it's kind of like a reprieve every time he's on or the van is on screen. Really, really clever. Um, but yeah, seriously, uh, I will do our ad, ad read now. Ready set podcast has prices to fit, fit any budget options for both hobbyists and professional podcasters. And they make it super easy to create your own content content and podcast and they can help you record edit and publish if you have a podcast idea they'll give you a free consultation if you reach out to them on their website which is wwd i'm butchering this ad read sorry www.readysetpodcast.xyz or on social media they're on twitter and instagram and facebook ready set podcast turning your brilliant idea into reality nice um yeah so we already it sounds like we all uh enjoyed the movie somewhat um so let's before we jump into all of our discussion points for our listeners who have not seen this movie i will give a little uh synopsis of it and i don't even think it's really a synopsis because the movie isn't really about anything um but we're going to be talking about robert altman's nashville it takes place in the nation's music capital and tells store tells the story of 24 characters and their stories as they all intertwine in an amazing story of politics music and american society um and i don't know if i mentioned this this movie was released in 1975 i think it's aged really well because i had no idea it was 1975 uh a movie that came out in 1975 after i had was like doing research on it yeah it uh i think it's it's aged really well i don't there wasn't anything that i was like oh can't say that now you know um but yeah i think that it it as as i was watching it i was like this feels very much like a it could be a political commentary on today's society, right? Like, right. like it, it felt very, I think, like Isaac said, you know, very American in kind of the best and worst ways. Yep. It was, I think when uh, I read somewhere that Robert Altman, he had um, intended this to be like a satire 
on politics and the music industry, um, which I, I kind of got that as well. I didn't mm-hmm. see it as like a satire. I, I just saw it as like, I think we talked about earlier, a hangout movie mm-hmm. with 24 characters and in the back set of just Nashville and like amazing country music, which I don't know about y'all. I, I don't listen to country music like at all. Nope. But the music I was wondering was about that incredible. whenever whenever I was watching the movie, I was like, I wonder what Eric's thinking. While he <laughs> <this."> <laughs> I love yeah. country music. Oh, really? Yeah, I um I got into country music a couple years ago. It was in 2018 um, because of a podcast called Cocaine and Rhinestones, which I think Olivia, I've told you about. Yeah, I've listened to some yeah. some episodes about that, and it's I mean, it's a good podcast. It's really fascinating. I've listened to some of the earlier episodes, and uh, I I love it. It's it's really good. I think there's um oh what is his name. The guy who sings the song Oki from Muskogee. Uh, I feel I'm a terrible Oklahoman for not knowing that. Anyway, but he does a, the guy who does Cocaine Rhinestones did an episode over that song and just kind of the irony of, of saying you're an Oki from Muskogee. And it was, it was really interesting because. Brother, brother Merle, Merle Haggard. Oh, I was like, yeah, Merle Haggard. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, it's it's really good. It's a good podcast. Even if you aren't a big country music fan, I think it's just if you like if you appreciate music at all, I think it's it's a good one to get into. So he has uh, a, uh, Tyler Mahan Co is the guy who does Cocaine and Rhinestones. He's the son mm-hmm. of David Allen Co. And um, he his voice is really distinct. Mm-hmm. Um, I some people I know cannot stand his voice, but I'm like whatever, like it over yourself um yeah he he does a very very good job and it his podcast single-handedly made me interested in country music from the 20th 20th century and made me appreciate modern country music from certain musicians but like particularly brad paisley and sturgill simpson Mm -hmm. um zach brown kind of but um it real real quick actually so oki from muskogee is a is a great way to it's kind of a microcosm for nashville and all the stuff that's going on in Nashville because of the, the there's clearly like Barbara Jean, um, her is her real quick. Her manager is her husband, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So he yeah. like, doesn't want any, her to have anything to do with politics. He like flips out when he sees that there's the sign up that she, and she's about to perform and all that. So, and then there, some of the more harrowing scenes, which we'll discuss, um, with Suleen Gay show this kind of like like greasy, dirty, disgusting mm-hmm. underbelly of politics and how music was seen as just entertainment, but you have that kind of like back and forth, like is this art or is this just a vehicle f- to get our message across to people? But you kind of have that back and forth, like is country music the voice of the conservative right or or the conservative party? of that day and you kind of have that back and forth and okie from muskogee a lot of people think it's like making fun of hippies making fun of like people who just are doing whatever but it's actually kind of critiquing really conservative folk who who think they know the right way to live about everything right and also even like modern country music is fairly political i mean there i think about 
the there's an episode of of Parks and Rec where Bo Burnham is a guest star and he plays this like young hotshot country musician and his, I can't remember what the oh, name yeah. of the song is but it's I did not like, know he was on Parks and Rec. Uh, Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> He plays that like young country musician. They're trying to get to like Andy and and Leslie are trying to get to perform at their festival thing. Harvest Fest. Harvest Fest. Yeah. And they're, they're so excited to meet him. And he, they think he's just so great. Cause the song. He's like that snobby rich. He's like in the studio. Yeah. 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 The the lyrics are insane. It's very, very on the nose. Yes. um you know she, i can't remember the lyric what the lyrics are but something either. like you know she she loves her mama and her daddy too she loves jesus um but she's no <laughs> proof something something like cheesy like that yes. but basically saying like you know country music is all about family but also sex but also religion <laughs> yeah. but also like in in parentheses it's like yeah tractors in parentheses it says something like sex um, on tractors right bring bring the boys home bring the troops home or something like that yeah, yeah very, bring like, the troops yeah that's what it was yeah yes. and it's like bring the troops home just uh thank you for out of no just completely yeah, just out of has nowhere nothing to do with the song yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then whenever they meet him he's just such a douchebag and he like he like he yells at his dad and cusses him out and they're like uh we can't have this dude come to our our fest that's kind of like what uh i'm not gonna say what's his name like the character of haven hamilton the old guy who's singing in the opening scene yeah he's singing i'm like wow this dude's incredible then he's kind of like a butthead the whole movie Mm-hmm. like a, a degenerate um yeah but i mean country music is like is i mean is still like that now i mean how many trace ad do you guys know who trace adkins is <laughs> mm-hmm. these names sound very familiar but... he he's very he has a very distinct look like i think he's a pretty tall dude but he has like he always has like a mustache and like a goatee and a like a ponytail he's always wearing a cowboy hat because you know that's what country nice. musicians do but i don't know how many songs about like war and soldiers that dude has <laughs> so that's what i was thinking about like as as I was, uh, especially that opening song. Yes, that opening, opening song, song. It was. It had a nice melody to it. The lyrics were mm-hmm. about par for a country song. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's okay. So let's see if there's anything else we want to give a little background before we just jump into discussion. I'm gonna read off some of the cast um, so that we can give kudos to them. We have David Arkin, Barbara Baxley, Ned Beatty, Karen Black, Ronnie Blakely who plays Barbara Jean, Timothy Brown. Keith Carradine, who plays Tom Frank, my favorite character. Uh, Geraldine Chaplin, who played the Opal character. Robert DeCoy, Shelley Duvall, Henry Gibson. And did y'all know Jeff Goldblum? That was Jeff Goldblum driving around on the tricycle. What do y'all think Jeff Goldblum's role in this movie signifies for the larger story of Nashville and the portrayal of America? I don't. No, I didn't really think about I that, but I'm recalling he just, and he was kind he did of there some for all, like, tricks all the... and he showed up and he was always kind of there, but Yeah. Yeah, he was there like in the opening scene. He was kind of there for like all the political scenes, wasn't he? Um he was there in the opening scene where they're like greeting everybody um green barbara jean at the airport and they have mm-hmm. the the megaphone van driving around and you see him driving around his tricycle then he's there at the assassination then mm-hmm. he's doing his thing throughout the movie but did he say a, a word in this movie i don't think I he don't, ever talks i don't think he ever talked also there's never like a close-up of his face so the whole time i was like is that is that who <laughs> jeff goldblum is i mean 
Yeah, I think they had him in the credits as Bicycle Man. I don't even think he yeah. had a name. Yeah, yeah I don't but, think he, he, yeah, I am IMDb has him listed as Tricycle, tricycle Man. Tricycle Man, Tricycle Man. And like, don't get me wrong, I love a young Jeff Goldblum or even an old Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum at all ages. But it was just like his hair was so long and so 70s, just so feathered. Uh, but yeah. Good word, feathered. That Thank is you. a good word. Kudos. You. Here's $10. Oh, yes. That's <laughs> yes. all I wanted it for. Yeah, so it was a pretty stellar cast. And I actually, there's two notable names that, there are two notable, notable actors that were in the talks to be in the movie, but were not. One of them was Robert Duvall. He was supposed to play the character of Haven Hamilton, the old country singer mm-hmm. in the opening scene. So that would have been cool to see Robert Duvall play that character. And Gary Busey was supposed to play the character of Tom Frank, the trio guy who likes women a lot um, mm-hmm. in this movie. And Gary Busey was not, of course, in the movie ultimately, but he did write one of the songs, my favorite song in the movie, Since You've Gone, the when they play, mm-hmm. the, the trio of them play at the at the bar. That was probably my favorite song in the movie. And Gary Busey wrote that. That When I saw that, I was really surprised by that because I did not, because Gary Busey, I think he was in Greece, wasn't he? I think he's he's in uh, the Fern and uh, Point Break. Yeah. Wait, wait, I know he, him from Point yeah, Break. He's in Point Break, right? Yeah, he is in Point Break. He plays, he's got the crazy he plays the crazy like, cop. Yeah, he's got the craziest mouth. Yeah, like I know I know Gary Busey. He, like he looks like drugs. a shark. <laughs> yeah, he is hilarious. Um, I, I know. I think I don't. I, it's been a while since I've seen Grease. I don't know if he's in that or not. Um, I know him from. Point Break, like Isaac mentioned in Entourage, uh, he's he was kind of a regular in Entourage. My favorite before. song is Barbara Jean when she performed the uh, uh, hard hard driving cowboy man. That mm, song, yeah. oh man, that was so good. That was the other thing. The other reason that I love this movie is that you can you can tell that with with a couple exceptions, you can tell that every song was played live. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was so good. I'm so I'm just a sucker for for any any of that. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the music, the whole music aspect of the movie is is crazy. Um, Robert Altman, he made each actor and actress write and perform their own songs, which and do it live, not in in a, in a production studio. So pretty pretty incredible feat there. Um, pretty incredible. This was also you're talking talking about the cast. This is the only other movie I've seen. With Shelley Duvall, other than The Shining. That is her. I yep. completely did not put that together. And wow. there, you know, like I, I, a lot of these actors and actresses, I was not familiar with at all. And then when Shelley Duvall, she, she just has this like really striking face and mouth. And I was like, oh, that's that's Shelley Duvall. Uh, and then I went back and realized, no, no, no. Okay. I've seen Annie Hall. So I've seen three. I've seen three of her movies. My mind is kind of blown right now because <laughs> I did not realize that was her from The Shining. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I I don't like a lot of these casts. Uh, a lot of this cast is completely unknown to me. Um, so, I did recognize someone... that Keith Carradine. He's David Carradine's brother, Bill from Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. I kind of saw that resemblance um, after yeah. I seen that. That was his name. They have another brother who I can't remember what his name is, but he was the dad in the Lizzie McGuire show. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. That's one of my yeah. favorite Disney shows. Um, also, Scott Glenn is in it. He plays that that like army guy who keeps going to the hospital. Yes. Um, and he's, I mean, he's in a lot of stuff. He was in The Silence of the Lambs. 
Sucker Punch. Um, he also plays Stick in Daredevil, which is like his kind of like guru guy oh. who teaches him how to fight and stuff. So um, anyway, but I was like, why does that dude look so familiar the whole time? <laughs> and then I figured it out and I was like, ah, that's why. Um, I also knew Henry Gibson. I knew who he was because I don't know if you guys ever watched this movie. It was on Disney Channel. So it was a, it was a DCOM called the luck of the irish are you guys familiar with that okay uh, possibly i, so, I watched a ton of disney movies back in the day yeah so it's it's basically this kid this high schooler who's like kind of this all-star basketball player he there's something i don't remember what happens but basically he has to def- like he like turns into a leprechaun and he has <laughs> to like try to like defeat the evil leprechaun who is played by um timothy o, o. mudson which have you seen psych i have not seen psych okay is he, he is plays, he one of the mains in psych yeah he's one of the the main guys in psych who is just like constantly detective just, he plays a. Uh, Carlton, Carlton. Uh, Lassiter, Lassiter and Sean always calls him Lassie which is really yeah. funny anyway so that's how I, I knew Henry Gibson was was because of a decom from 2001 this is completely unrelated but another basketball Disney movie I just thought of when you're talking about is one where like the team is like Jewish full court miracle. yeah full court miracle that was I need to rewatch that that I don't know how that movie has aged that's a Disney like movie movies. yeah yeah <laughs> There's that another awesome. There's another <laughs> Disney movie that's about these twins that played basketball. And Eric, I know you you'll know who they who I'm talking about. But we had a set of twins on our basketball yes. team that yeah. were t- both tall, blonde, like in the movie. And so we brought that up with them one day, and they got so mad because they were just like, "That movie is so unrealistic. It doesn't even make sense." There's like one sequence. And they were talking about how bad it was shot and everything about how like one of the girls just travels the whole time and no one calls it. None of the refs call it. And they were just really been out of shape about it. And every time I think of like of that movie, I think of them. That is funny. Disney, some of their teen movies, they were enjoyable. uh, Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, granted, I it has been about 15 years since I've seen them. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they're they're still enjoyable, but They were enjoyable back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young versions of Liv and Eric really enjoyed them. Yeah. Isaac, did you did even you Steven's movie? I saw that about Classic. forty times. As it was a child. so good. It was amazing. I love Beans. I don't want to. Yeah, I'm not trying to be a killjoy, but I was very sheltered, so I <sighs> missed out. Didn't I didn't watch any of the the movies that y'all are talking about? So no. sorry. That is unfortunate. Okay. Wish I could contribute something. <laughs> it's okay. All right, let's get back to Nashville. Let's see what else we have. All right, so for all the people who enjoy awards, this movie had a big uh, showing at the awards shows. Um, It was nominated for five Oscars and won one for Best Music slash Original Song. Uh, Keith Carradine, um, his song, I'm Easy, which I don't know. That was the one that he did by himself after. That was the one he did by himself, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right incredible um it, this was also nominated for best picture uh and ronnie blakely and lily tomlin were both nominated for best actress in a supporting role and robert altman was nominated for best director and best picture that year went to godfather part two so oh. did not know that so this uh, is also lily tomlin's only oscar nom which is outrageous to me because she is so funny and phenomenal yes. have you guys seen nine to five mm-hmm. I have not. Okay, that might be a movie I make you guys watch because it's so good. 
do it. So yeah, let's let's talk about some of the characters and people that we meet throughout the movie. Who did whose story did y'all enjoy the most or find the most interesting? Because I think what did it say? There were twenty four characters <laughs> in this movie. I it wasn't my favorite, but having Opal as a character was really, really yes. smart. Yeah, Re- really smart having a British journalist come in and in the height of the seventies when culture is changing and like protestant work ethic and christian values are being questioned and challenged and you know revoked in the public sphere to the chagrin of you know the those that population of america and and refer like sitting sitting with african americans and saying well i know how bad things are in the south and uh timothy brown is just like yeah um like like what do you do with a statement that broad like where do you start uh really really smart she was hilarious but also like captured some of those um like it's it was surprising how she captured some of those um like underpinnings of like what's going on in society with all the like walking through the um the dump with all the crushed cars and talking Mm -hmm. about that and like just commenting on like what she was seeing as an outsider because she's kind of a goofball, but you you do get to see like this is this is someone who whose perspective is completely different and seeing some of the truth looking in. Um, so I, I, her her story wasn't my favorite, but I was very engaged every time she popped up on screen because she was kind of the some of the only comedic relief in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She really tied like she kind of tied everything together because she's really the only character that like interacts with everybody and mm-hmm. any kind of plot is, is like toward is, is told through like conversations that she has with, with characters. So yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed her character as well. She was like really bubbly and it was cheerful. So it was fun to watch her mm-hmm. whenever she was on screen. She would, and she almost, and I don't know if it was because that's like actually how she was or if, if the rest of the like female characters were just so this is what we're about. This is what we got to do because I'm trying to make it as a country singer or whatever. She almost seemed a little ditzy mm-hmm. at times, which I think goes back to the, the comedic relief at, at points. But at the same time, she was able to make observations about Nashville and the U.S. as a whole that I think that, you know, from an outs- outsider's perspective would would make the most sense. Whereas, you know, everyone else has not, maybe not grown up in Nashville, but has been around Nashville long enough to, to buy into the kind of the culture of Nashville, which I think is probably the case for any, anywhere in, in general, I was going to say in America, but just in general, like you just buy into that culture. If you want to you know, really kind of thrive in it, or you can try to push up against it, but sometimes that is harder and it's just easier to buy in. Yeah. I think it, yeah. And it kind of s- speaks to, like Suleen Gay with her character, the um, and and it, it was it made more sense whenever you described what Altman was going for, Eric, that he was critiquing politics and um the music industry because Suleen Gay is like clearly not good, and you can tell right off the bat, but she ends up being you know solicited unknowingly for her physical appearance and beauty for that that really really terrible yeah that was tough to where she's yeah where she's oh, yeah. put on display and meant to perform a striptease yeah very Which, very uncomffortable yeah. It, yeah, yeah it was super uncomfortable and 
at the same time, stuff like that still happens and not even just in the music mm-hmm. industry sure. in, I mean, I mean, like a uh, Weinstein, I mean, oh, yeah. in the, in the movie industry, music industry, in journalism. Yeah, I mean, she was, she was taken advantage by someone in power. Um, yeah. Yep, because he was approach. like, I can give you what you want if you just do this thing for me. And it's like, that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it should work. Right. So, so yeah, yeah that felt, was upsetting. Yeah, it was. That was that was hard to watch. And like her character, like she is trying to. I mean, that is her dream. She is trying to make break into the music scene, and um, to see see it go down like that was very unfortunate and really sad. Um, yeah. yeah. Besides that, and the final scene. Well, not the final. The the assassination scene. That I think the rest of the movie, like tone wise was was like a hangout movie um yeah people just hanging out i mean there was like some dramatic moments here and there with some of the other characters but those were like the two moments that's that stuck stuck out in my mind as like something just as the two two plot points in the movie that were just way like out of nowhere uh, to me yes yeah those felt those made you like kind of (laughs) pause like you had to like sit there and be like whoa wait whoa what's happening so why Um, did why did norman shoot her i meant to look up the answer to that question but i did not (laughs) he was a was he he a veteran he was i don't think i don't know if he was a veteran i know he was just like a random guy that showed up to rent a room from um uh, what's her name la jones uncle's yeah place and you see him like throughout the movie and he's doesn't he carry a guitar case like around the whole time i I think a fiddle fiddle yeah i think it was a fiddle yeah I'm trying to think what he does throughout the movie because I was so confused by that. I I had he, he like pops up just kind of randomly. Like, uh, who was who? What's the woman's name? The character's name who tries to escape her husband in the truck? Oh, what is her name? And she ended up singing like the final song. Yeah, I can't remember what her name was. Was it? It wasn't Barbara Jean. It was. I don't know who that, what her name was. Anyway, but he pops up there and he's walking alongside alongside her while they're talking, and and she takes off and is like, "Hey, don't if you if he asks, don't tell him you saw me." Oh, yeah, that's right. And then that's one of the first times we meet him. He wasn't at the airport, I don't think. No, he he was not at the airport unless he. he I think the first up. time you see him is in the car accident. I think his car stalls. Yeah. And then, and then he just leaves it there. I think it was Albuquerque was the name of that woman. She, Barbara Harris is the actor's name who I think was on Broadway at one point for a while. Anyway, but yeah, I, I don't know what the purpose of that, of of the shooting was, but it felt very American just to be like, all right, let's get the next person out and and move on past the shooting that just happened. And everyone just sings along like, okay, this is normal. Yep. And the the lyrics the lyrics to the song like repeatedly over and over. Um well how did how does that song go? It was like I'm not I'm not worried about anything. I'm pretty sure yeah, it was something yeah, along it those was, lines. Yeah, it was like, which was not caring or not worried about which something. really ground kind of ground into my brain. I was like, this is this is an insane way to to end this movie. Something about not being free, but I'm not worried or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It you, was... say, you say I'm not free, but I'm not worried about anything or something yes. like that. Yes, yes, yes. 
Right. Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about like that, that ending because it was just so out of left field. And I, I think it's, it's troubling to me just because I can't, I don't know what the reason was for that. And it's probably just something I'm not comprehending or understanding correctly. I, uh, I really think I'm, I'll probably rewatch this when I'm on vacation because it, I, I, I knew that this movie was going to be political, but then at every turn, um, even with, um, with Tom Baker and then, the the mom that he has an affair with and i cannot remember her name again i apologize yeah lily tomlin's character um it's it's just so it's like it's just happening like they're having the affair she like intentionally goes to see him but you see her with her deaf um son and is her daughter deaf as well yeah yeah, her character's name is lenae by the way that's right and you see her husband is obviously not completely faithful to her as well like you, like I knew that this movie was political, and you have Lady Pearl's character, or the character of Lady Pearl, played by Barbara Barbara Baxley, talk about um, um, JFK losing Tennessee, mm-hmm. and and like and like and it's just like snippets of like you don't get quite get to see why just just why everyone is so invested in the hubbub of the convention and the in the politics. You just get to see that it's important to them and you get to see some, some of the why, but most of the time you just get to see them, you know, in motion already, which is so fascinating and so well executed. And the, the country music backdrop is a, just a equally well executed, you know, yep. sidebar. So, yeah, I think this or side to the other coin. It's not a sidebar. Sorry. This, uh, this movie had came out, I think like right on the heels or it was either it was being shot right on the heels or it came out right on the heels. I don't know the dates, but like right on the whole Nixon Watergate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then of course you had the, the JFK assassination like a decade earlier. Um, so there's, there's some definitely something tying in some tie into that. Um, have either of y'all been to Nashville? I yes. have. Okay. So I, I've never been there. Um, is, is this a pretty, I'm mean, this was shot in Nashville and Centennial park, which is a pretty like iconic location, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. Mm-hmm. No, it, it feels iconic. It was, it was right there. That's awesome. No, uh, I had never been in Nashville. So it, I was, I was getting the feels like if I I'd been in Nashville, I guess this, this is what it would be like just country music and people just having a grand old time. Yes. I think that that's what most people think of. I mean, if, and if you think about it, country music like has the grand old Opry, which is, it used to be a, a much bigger deal. It's, I, I think it's still a big deal for, for like diehard country fans, but it's, it's an elite stage to be on and to perform at and, and before, you know, not just anyone got to be there. And so there's that several musicians go there. I mean, just like in this movie, go there to kind of get their big break, but it has really evolved from being solely just country to, you know, now there's a, a pretty good alternative rock scene there and uh, or indie indie rock scene there as well. And it also, it it also has become a big like stereotypical destination for bachelorette uh, trips. Do you remember the? Uh, I think it was two years ago. Someone had a bachelorette party while the NFL draft was going on, and she yes. was dicked. Um, she yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that happening. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Because you had like all of just Nashville like in a. Well, you had pretty much all the NFL fans popping mm-hmm. out the wazoo for it and, and trying to have a bachelorette party in the middle of that circus, which is yeah. 
But yeah, you're right. I now that I think about it, that is like the go-to spot that I've seen. I have been to a bachelorette party or trip to Nashville. That's, that's one of the reasons why I've been there before. I, I know someone who's currently like that is where she is spending her bachelorette trip right now as we're, or this past weekend, that's where they went. And so it's, I couldn't even tell you how many, how many girls I know who have gone on some sort of bachelorette trip to Nashville. Interesting. Interesting. Um, um, couple recommendations for, for other movies with, Really great, um, really great music. Uh oh, one second. Yeah, I've never been in Nashville. Uh, I don't know if there's anything that would drive me there. So it's cool. Sorry, sorry about that. I th- my computer like it looked like it was about to oh. shut down, so I was like <laughs> making sure everything was okay. <laughs> Uh, my hunk of, hunk of junk is still going. <laughs> yeah. I um, really like Nashville. I think it's a cool little city. I mean, yeah. it's a big city. And yeah, I think there's lots Taylor of Taylor Swift, do. right? Is she from there? She's, she's from Tennessee. I don't know if she's... She may have gotten her start in Nashville. That probably is what happened. Okay. But I know like Paramore is from Franklin, Tennessee. And they mm. all live in Nashville now. So Very nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say a couple recommendations for... Movies with really great country music. Um, Wild Rose has Jesse Buckley in it, who was in um, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. She's so good in that movie. That movie is incredible. Um, Walk the Line, obviously. Have you all seen Walk the Line? I've seen the Walk the Line. I actually have not. James Mangold. It's good. Love. I don't think I realized he directed that. Mm -hmm. He is so. He is like top tier director. He's he's what he's one of my favorite directors too. Like consistently. Yeah. Yeah. He's his body of work. Like he's done biopics. He's done superhero movies. He's done western. I mean, his body works speaks for itself. He's he's Mm -hmm. absolutely incredible. He yeah. I feel like I mean I know he's he did Logan and he did Ford versus Ferrari. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I feel like he's he's done a lot of different yeah. movies that are just and different they're all very genres. Good. Yeah. Very good movies. He's doing Indiana Jones 5 too, which is going to be I forgot great. about that. Yeah. I'm disappointed and that Shia LaBeouf is not going to be in that. I'm not. Do you know I'm who not, is going to be in it that him. I'm very excited <laughs> for? Who did they have? They casted somebody in that. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is going to be in it. Yes. Right. And I'm That's like, right. I could not is be he, more excited. Is she his daughter? Maybe. Interesting. Okay. She, what if she's just like Phoebe Waller-Bridge and she's like, oh, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, and like, oh, sorry about that. Cool. Cheeky. Yeah, cheeky. <laughs> Looks at the camera. Oh, Looks at the camera her. the whole time. Yeah. She's That's like, she's one of the only people where I'm like, yep, I'm going to watch every single thing yeah. that you do. That's fair. Yeah. Have you seen Crazy Heart, Isaac? No. Um, in, in Crazy Heart came up. Did he do James Mangold as well? Did James Mangold do that? I don't know. I could be making that up. I don't but think he did. That's that. Jeff Bridges, right? Awesome. Yeah, that's the one that he won okay. the year yeah. before True Credit. Yeah. Okay, nice, nice. And he was on a roll. So uh, Jeff Bridges singing a country song. I could get behind that. Yeah, um, I could too. So what other recommendations do you have, Isaac? Um, it was Walk the Line, Wild Rose. It's not really about country music, but Oh Brother, Where Art Thou has an amazing oh, solid soundtrack. bluegrass Great. soundtrack. Great oh, soundtrack. I'm a Man of Constant Sorrow and the Big Rock that, Mountains. Yeah. That was a movie I watched when, like around the time it came out. Much too young to watch it, but 
Yep. Whatever. My anyway. dad would get it on. Um, there was this thing. I think it may have evolved into. Ah, oh, what's it called? It's the studio. It's like Angel Studios, but it. Um, it's it's the they got they got sued for like putting out movies without sexual content and like language and oh, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 but yeah. it may have been what that studio evolved into is called Clean Flicks, and yeah. they would they would erase um language and sex scenes and so i watched it at a very young age but didn't see anything and they fast forwarded the kind of illicit not even illicit scenes but like where they the sirens seduce Mm -hmm. them but you don't see anything but they would always fast forward it and then when i watched it as an adult i told i called my mom and i said nothing happened in this scene why did you like (laughs) skip this and she was like i just didn't want you to like see that stuff and i was like okay whatever so that is funny. <laughs> that the soundtrack reminds me of my childhood because my parents loved it. Everyone on my dad's side of the family loved it. And it like anytime we went anywhere, like especially with my great uncle, he would have that like mm-hmm. CD in his car all the time. We listened to it. Um, it's so good. It's such a great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Thanks for the recommendations, Isaac. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely Isaac check out works. Wild Rose. Holy Wild cow. Rose. Okay. All right. You'll, this soundtrack, you'll be, you'll be a crying. Yeah, this soundtrack is. This soundtrack is Pretty just amazing. so pure yeah. '70s country, and I I love it because it reminded me of of my my family because my whole dad's side of the family they love country. I mean, my when my great grandma died, there were just all these stacks of old vinyl records. And just so many old country musicians that mm. a lot of them I didn't know, but so there were several of them I did uh, did recognize, and it was like that's just kind of what it reminded me as I was watching the movie and listening to the songs. I was like, oh, this is these are songs that you know my grandma would have loved. Um, so I, I really appreciated the soundtrack. Yep. Yeah. Man, great soundtrack. I'm gonna listen to it tomorrow. Yeah, I think I had mentioned this earlier, but the the song since you've been since you've gone was I I love that. I think the the actress too. She had never like sang before either, and she was incredible. She's great, yeah. yeah. I'm a I'm a sucker for some good harmonies though. Yeah. Like they, I think that they were really good when they were singing together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to. Th- oh yeah, I had one question for y'all. Have y'all? Is this y'all's first Robert Altman movie? Yes. I was looking yes. up his filmography and was just very like, man, I, I know a lot of the people that I listen to and learn from on the on film Twitter and podcasts and what have mm-hmm. you. Um, talk about Altman and his filmography. And then I was like, oh, surely I've seen something of his. And it's like, nope, I haven't seen anything he's done. I I think I've seen Popeye when I was little. Uh Like I remember clips of it vaguely, but I don't know if I've ever like sat down and watched it from beginning to end, but I'm almost positive I've seen it. Yeah, I think I've, I think I'm the same. I think I've seen like bits and pieces of MASH. Uh I feel like that was like on TV one time, but I did not pay attention to it. From what (laughs) I understand, I think that after, and I'm trying to find it, yeah, like uh, Mash is iconic apparently in Brewster McCloud and then Nash the Goodbye. The Long Goodbye was yeah. another iconic one. Um yeah, I think isn't there like isn't it like a term to call something like Altmanesque? Isn't that like a term that film nerds like throw around like they throw around Lynchian? Um I feel like we watched <laughs> if we watched a couple more Robert Altman movies, we can start using that that word. Yeah. Yeah. Altmanesque. Um he has directed eighty nine different things. Yep. Yeah, uh, I was looking at his letterbox as well and 
you got to scroll down a little bit to see the complete list. Apparently, apparently it was, I heard this on the big picture the other day. Um, we are all about giving out like free promos to other, <laughs> to other better <laughs> so, content on so this other up, better on this things podcast. that would never acknowledge us. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently Popeye is what started his, like he's, he started like a, I think the phrase that Sean Fennessy used was like a public retirement, like or yeah. invisible, invisible retirement because he started just doing random or he started doing kind of lower grade stuff below his skill level. Um, was that after Papa? I think that was kind of the start. Yeah. Isaac, was that in the episode you sent to Eric and me? Yes, I think so. Because I listened so. to that today, yeah. and that's that's what he said. It was it was kind of the beginning of the end, essentially, for him. The one the one with um, Alex uh, Ross the, Perry. Yes. Yeah. 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 Great episode. It was a good. It was a really good episode. It was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about that later, though, because Shelly Duvall is. Shelly Duvall is also in. Um, Popeye. Popeye. And that's uh it's got Robin Williams in it. I think that was his first like major role. Really? Wasn't he like a TV director or did I just make that up? I felt like I had heard he that. He started doing Baldwin. more TV stuff, I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So he yeah, he started to transition to like TV shows and like um made for TV movies. Yeah. Mash Mash might be one that we need to do because from what I understand that's that's a really yeah, I think that's the classic. Really the classic, classic one for mm-hmm. him. And Gosford Park apparently is really good. Um, but and that was one of his more recent ones. Yep. Don't know don't know that much about his filmography. Yeah, I, I don't either. Um I, I've heard his name, you know, left and right. And of course it's his name is well known in the film. Mm-hmm. Film sphere of things, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad we watched this because um, you know, it it is a it is a fun movie. It kind of sucked that it was three hours long almost, but um, I, d- I didn't feel that three hour runtime honestly that much uh, because I was just sitting there enjoying the music really, um, and the, the characters were were interesting. It felt like you were just there along along with them for the ride. Um, yep, some of the days confused. So yeah. I, I enjoyed the movie. I think I gave it a four on my Letterbox review. Um, did not give it the four point five because I don't know if it has the rewatchability for me. But I love the music, <laughs> love the characters, um, and. Yeah, it was very memorable. I'm glad. I'm glad uh, we watched it. I think it will continue to grow in in its significance the more I watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like it's not one I think I will return to very often, just because it's it's not as popcorny as some other sure. rewatchable movies um, in my repertoire. But <laughs> yeah, what is your most rewatched movie? Isaac and Olivia. Mine is probably like over the course of my lifetime, probably yes. fantastic. Mr. Fox. Okay. That's like that's one where I was like, that. Hey, you want to watch this? And it's like, yep. And I have no problem turning it on. I think nice. so. Like up there is like that Mad Max Fury road. Stop oh, me ma- yeah. and stop making sense. I think would be the top three most nice. rewatched. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how to ever answer that question because and growing up, we would just watch movies repeatedly. So, like, one movie that always comes to mind is, like, Mrs. Doubtfire. Anytime that's on, we'll, like, put it on. for And sometimes it's background noise. Sometimes we'll actually sit down and watch it. But another one is is Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. Did you watch that's, the second one? I haven't, I haven't actually watched it I yet. I heard mixed things about it, I think. Yeah, and that made me kind of nervous. So, I just I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Uh, but like that's another one that that we will watch all the time. Um, the Sandlot was one, and so was like 
16 Candles and The Breakfast Club. More so. I'm surprised we haven't done a John Hughes movie, or have we? I don't think we have. We have not. I don't think so. Uh, So, no, those are all great picks. Um, I think my most my most watched is either it's got to be like Transformers or The Incredibles or Scott Pilgrim. I watched the hell out of The Incredibles as growing up. Like I literally broke the DVD. It would not play after. Did you? What you? What were your thoughts on the second one? I enjoyed it actually. I think I I I think a lot of people didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot because I think it's nostalgia effect for me. Yeah, yeah. And I. I say that and I didn't really enjoy Toy Story 4 and I think it's because Buzz had like five minutes of screen time oh really I haven't <laughs> seen Toy Story 4 because in my mind it should have ended after three right four was you seen four Isaac yeah I I, I that was kind of the beginning for me where I would have to go look at Pixar's others I'm just I'm becoming less and less enthralled with with yeah. Pixar Be, I mean I soul did move me Actually, yeah. So I recant everything I said about. Pixar. Didn't want, didn't a new one just come out, Luca? Luca, yes. and I want to Is watch that. Pixar? that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the next Pixar movie, and a lot of people have been complaining about not about Luca per se, but just how how different the Pixar movies are and like have been over the past few years. But if you think about it, the first I think. 10 or 11 maybe 12 pixar movies were directed by the same people essentially or produced by the same people so they all kind of have that same like feel to them whereas these newer ones because the president of pixar has changed um these newer ones have maybe more uh more diverse and expansive people Mm -hmm. at the helm of these movies and so because i mean Coco is is fantastic. Like I, I think that. we've talked about it. It I also watched it probably a month after uh after my great grandma died. I've talked about her a lot. <laughs> anyway, um and it just destroyed me hmm. in the best way. It was really good. But okay. um anyway, so Did, have you stated on on mic your your heritage, Olivia? I don't I feel like I have uh i you don't have to but i think (laughs) no 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 no. so okay so part of the reason why coco i think is so important to me is because my mom is half irish and half mexican so i am a quarter mexican and so obviously i as a very very pale complected ginger no one ever thinks that no one believes me most of the time and so there's that at the same time and i we're due to family stuff i'm not really close to that side of the family anyway so it feels like there's this whole other part of my heritage that i just don't know and so seeing something like coco just is is really just it, it made me feel connected to and this, my great grandma that i've mentioned that i watched after she had died um this was on my dad's side so so different side of the family but it did make me think of my my mom's mom, my grandma, my grandma Vila. And so um, anyway, so yeah, that's my heritage. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I thought no, maybe okay. you would. Uh, I think I think people would appreciate that that's part of your story and why mm-hmm. why Coco is such for a sure. such an important movie yeah, for you for sure. too. And also, yeah. I was very surprised whenever you told me that for the first time. I was like, no one, no one believes me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People think I'm lying when I'm like, uh, whenever I tell them, like, yeah, no, I, I'm Mexican. They're like, yeah, okay. Okay, buddy. <laughs> okay, buddy. Sure, Jan. <laughs> let's get you to bed, Olivia. <laughs> yeah. Okay, girl. Let's okay, girl. Let's get you to bed. 
<laughs> oh man. Guys, All right. What is so, next? Uh, yeah, the I next think essential viewing. Running up on time, so I think it is. Any or before we jump into that, any final thoughts on Nashville uh, before this we sort is of a good pick. This Yeah, great good pick. pick. Yeah, I'm always down to watch stuff from the 70s. In fact, listen to a really good podcast from the Big Picture today about <laughs> movies from the 197 from 1975 when this movie came out, and Jaws came out this year oh, as Jaws. well. Classic. Years came out. That is Dog, great. Dog Day Afternoon came out in this Jill, year. Yeah. Jaws essential Independence Day weekend viewing along with Independence Day. Yep. Oh. So great year for movies. Mm-hmm. Isaac, are you up next for the next pick? I am, but since I'm going out of town and y'all might have to record one without me. You're deferring? Ooh. I might defer. Okay. Okay, Olivia, All do right. you have anything in mind? Not off the top of my head. I was like, oh, Isaac's picking this next one. It's not me. I'll wait. I'll figure something else out. Well, so uh, I guess it's going to be a surprise because I have no idea. I think, Isaac, you were going to originally pick Mississippi Grind, weren't you? Right. And And I think think that maybe we could plan to do that, but it would have to be on a certain day of the week so I won't bore our uh, listenership with the details of us attempting to schedule around the three of us we'll figure that out. We'll I figure think, it out later. I think Olivia and I we're going to, I'm going to executive decision we're going to watch Chunking Express okay. movie. I believe it's on the Criterion channel as well. Straight okay. Let me look Great. real quick. So that's that's what our next episode is going to cover. Yes. Great. Uh, I'm I'm pumped cuz I haven't seen that but you you really like it though, right? Like, I love he's one of my favorite filmmakers. I love that movie. And I think from what I know about you, I think you enjoy that as well. If you enjoyed Tiger Tail, um it's a Hong Kong movie, so it, okay, it has that cool. same kind of romantic feel to it and it is a romantic movie, so. So right. so we'll do Chunking Express, then Mississippi Grind starring Ben Mendelsohn and Ryan Reynolds. Um and then the indelible Napoleon Dynamite. Those, oh, those are our great. next three. Nice. Next I love three it. Picks. Nice. And also Chunking Ex- Express, the great Wong Kar Wai. Yes, yes, he is legendary. And he has a new TV series that is coming yeah, dude, out. Dude, I saw no pump I those images, and I was like, oh, "What in the?" There's this a trailer for it. There's a trailer. There's yeah. a trailer. It's, I need to go. I need to go watch it. Golly, yeah, he's great. It's going to oh. be his first time doing something in like eight years. So. Uh, another, another, um, I believe South Korean director who did TV, Park Chan Wook. Did you know that he did the Little Girl? Yes, he, he did Florence that with Pugh? Florence Pugh and uh, Alexander Skarsgård. I was like, that's Park Chan Wook. I was like, I have to watch on, that. It's on Hulu, I believe. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Okay. I really want to watch that. I don't have. I, I've literally seen all of Park Chan Wook's movies like at least four times each. Yeah, he's one of my favorite filmmakers as well. Yeah, um, I need to. I need to watch it. Um, man. Okay, so we have some good ones coming up, but we will discuss off mic scheduling our next episode, and I will um, see you guys after I get back from vacation. And great pick, Eric. Thanks yeah, for choosing that. I'm yeah, glad y'all enjoyed it. It yeah. was definitely going to be a, a blind shot. Those can be hit or miss, and I'm glad it was a hit. We could, I mean, if we all hated it, we could have crapped on it like we did Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, so classic, or God's classic Not Dead, episode. or God's Not Dead. Another so. classic episode. You know yeah. what movie is a masterpiece compared to God's Not Dead? Any other movie? Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> <laughs> Again, any other movie? Yep, any other movie. Great, I love that. All right.
what sounds like a real masterpiece is that uh best basketball movie with the with the full court fuse full court miracle full court yeah. miracle. I we should do an episode that. on I'm that sure it's on disney it's on plus disney. yeah that is an ins- i think i enjoyed it but i'm look i'm trying to think back at it that is a, an insane movie with some insane plot points in it. it have you seen it? you haven't seen it isaac no it, no yeah the, <laughs> it's very very wild <laughs> it's, it's yeah it is an hour and a half, and it's on Disney Plus. Who nice. is in that movie? It's, Anybody notable? Uh, let's see. Alex D. Lenz, which I know who that is because he was in uh, Home Alone 3. Okay. And that's that's it, I think. Hold on. I was looking it up on Disney Plus, so I don't know. Isaac, it's an insane movie. Yeah, it's like a Jewish private school, and the powers yeah, like, that be, they got a miracle out of so- something and won a basketball game <laughs> nice it's oh it sounds great it sounds great <laughs> i'll watch it yep yep all right people well we're gonna call this episode um rate review comment whatever you want um on subscribe. itunes subscribe we're doing mission impossible giveaway which i think will actually be done by the time this episode comes out so yep. um we'll probably have another giveaway coming out by then so all right stay tuned people and uh we will talk to y'all next time Catch y'all on the flippity flip. I'm Isaac signing off from Conway, Arkansas. I'm Olivia signing off from Oklahoma City. And I'm Eric signing off, not from Nashville. Not from from Nashville. Nashville. Unfortunately, any of us. Yeah, unfortunately. All right.